I don't know where I'd be without gymnastics right now. You're flipping forwards, you're you're turning, you're spinning, you're jumping, you're doing everything. If you can do two circles, you can do ten. It doesn't matter if you're an Olympic gymnast in practice. It all comes down to the competitions. To be a gymnast, I think you have to have a certain um, drive and determination. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I'm Aaron Davidson. And I'm Mira Hume. We're both gymnasts and we want you to learn to love this sport as much as we do. Just as gymnasts use chalk to help get a grip, we hope this podcast will help you get a grip on this sport that's growing in popularity. This podcast will cover all things gymnastics from how to start and how we started to the top competitors. On this episode, we want to introduce you to gymnastics, the events, the scoring, and what it's like to be on the floor. To start, let's learn about how men's gymnastics and women's gymnastics are different, how the scoring works, and why we love this sport and hope you will love it too. Hi everybody, my name is Aaron Davidson. I am 16 years old and I do gymnastics at Bar Connor Gymnastics Academy in Norman, Oklahoma. I started when I was five years old. I saw the Beijing Olympics on TV and thought that would be really fun to do. So my mom signed me up just thinking I would jump around, have fun, be done with it in a year like a lot of kids are with sports. but. I decided to stick with it. I've been at it for over 10 years now. It's a very tough sport, but you really learn to love it, and we would like to teach you a lot here. Hello, everybody. My name is Mira Hume. Um, I am now a retired gymnast. I did it for about seven years. I started when I was nine, which is a pretty late start, actually. Most girls start when they're like three or four. but I did gymnastics at Edmond Gymnastics Academy. Um, I originally started because I was teaching myself back handsprings and cartwheels and all crazy things just in my front yard. Um, And my mom was a little worried that I was gonna hurt myself. So she enrolled me in power tumbling originally and I excelled in that and I wanted to try all four events. So I moved over to gymnastics. and it was great. Now I am retired. I ended up having to retire because of injuries. I've had three surgeries, um, but I started coaching actually young gymnast, and that's been really great, but I think we just need to start out explaining gymnastics for beginners because if we just go ahead and start talking, it'll sound like we're speaking a different language. In men's gymnastics, there are six events. You've got the floor exercise, the pommel horse, the still rings, the vault, the parallel bars, and the high bar. The pommel horse is widely regarded as the hardest event. Um, I even see comparisons on TV to like, it's the balance beam of women's gymnastics. And I don't know all that much about women's gymnastics, so I don't know how true that is. However, you know, it's just very difficult. A lot of people, when they think, they see gymnastics, they think high flying, you know, release from the bar, flips a lot on floor, but there is a lot more in gymnastics and we really wanna teach you the basics and dive into that. Yes, so in women's gymnastics, there are actually only four events. There is the uneven bars, the balance beam, the floor, and the vault, which there actually vault is in women's gymnastics and men's gymnastics, which I think is very interesting. But the bars is my least favorite. You There's one bar that is about eight feet and one bar that is five feet, and they're connected um, 
and you, girls have to learn how to swing without hitting the low bar when they're up on the high bar and release the bar at the perfect timing. It, and then there's the balance beam. The balance beam is definitely the scariest out of all of them and the hardest. It is four feet off the ground and it's 16 feet long. Um, it's, it's a wooden, it's a long wooden beam and you have to stay, you have to do a routine that's about a minute and 30 seconds. You can't go over that time. Um, you have to learn how to mount the beam and dismount off the beam with sticking your dismount and judges will watch you and critique your performance. On the floor, it's about 40 feet by 40 feet. Um, girls have floor music, actually, which men's gymnastics does not have. Um, you pick out your music once you get to level six. Once you pass level six, you get to choose your own music, um, and you, you perform two to three tumbling passes each routine, and floor is my personal favorite because you, you get to express yourself and interact with the crowd, which I really enjoy. Um, and then the last is the vault. The vault is a big stationary object that you start at the end of a vault runway, and you run full speed, and you bounce on a springboard, which is just like two pieces of wood which, with springs in the middle of them. Um, and you have to use your momentum to fly over the vault and stick your landing on the other side. So my personal favorite event in gymnastics is actually high bar. Um, I just, I really love the feeling of just going around the bar, doing whatever. When you're like really young, it's, it's a big metal bar and it's high off the ground. It's terrifying. But as you get older, as you start swinging around the bar, doing what we call giants, where you're just going all the way around the bar, you really, well, at least I really learn to love it and have fun. If I ever take a week off, there's no matter what, no matter what injuries I have, no matter how long I've thought I needed a break, by the end of that week, I'm itching to just get back and swing on the bar. Next, I would have to say my favorite, or my second favorite is probably floor. I really enjoy floor. It's not for the same reasons, because guys don't have the floor music. Like Mira said, we don't get to you know, dance, uh, show off to the crowd, express ourselves like she said, but I just really love tumbling. Um, a lot of gymnasts just want to do tumbling, and that's great. Um, it's really, there's a lot to learn to start off with. You got your round-offs, back handsprings. That's a lot to start off with, but you really, you really get to... Uh, learn some cool stuff whenever you are doing floor. My personal least favorite is probably vault. And I'm just, to be honest, I'm not good at vault. I have tried for years. And that, that same goes for pommel horse. I don't actually like dislike the event in the way most people do. I'm just really bad at it. Um, I've never understood how to have that perfect circle um, through all the years of trying, and I'm still trying, but it just, I've never quite understood that. That combined with multiple wrist injuries, uh, that just wears down your wrists really badly. 
and pommel horse is just not quite my thing either. Um, the still rings, I really like rings um, most of the time. It's very painful, especially on your shoulders, the way you're inlocating and dislocating your shoulders constantly. It really, a lot of gymnasts, a lot of my personal friends have had to stop gymnastics just from shoulder injuries on rings. They've torn many things in their shoulders, and that's probably my biggest fear in gymnastics is an injury like that. And then the only event I didn't talk about there is the parallel bars. Um, to be honest, I don't have all that much to say about parallel bars. We call them P-bars. I've never loved them, never really had too much of a problem with them. They are actually surprisingly scary whenever you are um, you get towards level 10. But, you know, I always do tend to get good scores on these events. And... Um, so it is definitely not my least favorite by any means. Talking about scoring, though, I really know nothing about women's scoring. Mira, could you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, okay, so what the, the scoring starts out at a 10. So the highest score you can get is a 10, but um, each girl does a, a different routine, so not everybody has the same start value. So maybe one girl was having a tough time in practice, so she lowered her skill level of her bar routine. So she took out a few skills, so now she will start at a 9-7. So now there is no way possible for her to get a 9 above a 9-7, so a 9-8, 9-9, or 10. Um, so she will then be deducted starting at a 9-7 going down. When If you have full start value, it starts at a 10. Um, so a girl will do a routine and try to get as close as possible to a 10 with um, least deduction. So you get deductions from not pointing your toes, not straightening your legs. Those are just the basics. Um, but gymnastics is very, it goes very down to detail. I think probably in men's gymnastics too, um, you know, in women's gymnastics, you can't have nail polish on. You you can't have your your toenails painted. Um, your legs have to be together the entire your entire bar routine. You know your your hips have to be in line with your shoulders. There's just so many different things that you can get deducted on. So, I would say like just scoring in the nines. So, like above a nine is something to be proud of in women's gymnastics because the judges are so critical to everything you do. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to hear about men's gymnastics too because I do not understand it in the slightest. So for men's gymnastics, you also, you do technically start out at a base of 10.0 and then they have things they call element groups. Mm -hmm. So element groups, they have... There are four of them currently. For each event, there's different ones, with the exception of vault. Vault scoring is a little different. They just they have a code of points rule book, and different vaults, different skills will give you uh, different start values. So if I'm just doing a round off on the table with a single flip, you know that's not the highest start value in the world. But then if the next guy goes and he does a round off with 
a laid out flip with two twists, that's a way higher start value just because of what that skill is valued in the code. Mm -hmm. But for every other event, there is each of the four element groups. They are for different things. One's usually a dismounting element group. Um, one will be like on floor, there's some, there's a non-acrobatic thing just such as, you know, a press handstand or um, even less than that just to get it um, just a different element group. And then there's obviously different tumbling. There's back tumbling, front tumbling, each of those. Each element group is worth uh, five-tenths of a point. So if I have all four element groups in my routine, I will instantly start at a 12-0. And then any difficulty, the skills I'm doing to get my element groups, will then add on to that. So for instance... In my rings routine this year, um, it is almost gymnastic season, actually. Um, gym, gymnastics usually starts, we go year-round training, but season usually starts in December. For younger kids, maybe it's November, and for some, especially collegiate-level gymnasts, it might not start till January. But we usually have two or three competitions before Christmas, and then take a little break until January. Um Anyway, for instance, on my rings routine this year, I will have eight skills, which is the max that you can get credit for in juniors of men's gymnastics. I will have eight skills valuing up to 1.8 in difficulty, um, almost two points just alone. And then you add those. Each I have all four element groups in that, and... Combined with the element groups and the 1.8, I will start out at a 13.8 start value this year. And then they just deduct from that. So is that your high, like your highest potential? Like that's the highest um, start yes, value? For that event, that would be the highest uh, start value. And then you keep adding in difficulty. So if throughout the season, in the time we're not working on our routines, if we we're working new skills... Mm-hmm and I managed to get another skill that's a D value. They have it on a scale of A, B, C, D up to, it was always G's when I was younger, but I believe they've added H's and I's now. Oh, wow. Um, and that's for men's and women's. So a D valued skill would be four tenths, for instance. And if I got a new D valued skill, then I could put that in my routine, and if it replaced an A-valued skill, then my start value would go up to a 14.1, so that'll keep progressing. Mm -hmm. And then I think on floor would actually be where my start value is the highest because it would be around the 14.0 mark. Um, and that would that's pretty good for Junior Olympic. Obviously, there's much better kids. I'm not on the national team or anything, but I'm proud of that, so... That's pretty much what matters there. Okay, I have a question about pommel horse, I think it is. I do not understand that at all. I've tried to do, like, the circle, but just explain to me how you learned to do that because I do not understand. To be perfectly honest, I've done this sport for 10 years, and I don't really understand that event. <laughs> um, I – one of my best friends, actually, he is – he was born to do pommel horse. He, it does not make sense. He does not come to the gym very often. 
he has been known since we were like level six. He's a senior this year. He'll be graduating, and he can pretty much go to any college he wants just for pommel horse. He, wow. um, he hardly came to the gym when we were younger, and he was always good at pommel horse. His back is really messed up right now. They have no idea what's wrong with it. It's been like that since about April or May of 2018. He's been to countless doctors, had countless MRIs, X-rays. Nobody knows what's wrong with it. So he took a year off. Wow, and that's a lot for gymnastics. Yes, that's huge because we hardly ever take a week off, much less that. And he came back, and on his second day, he was doing college-level pommel horse. Wow. Whereas I had been training nonstop that year, and he made me look like I had just started learning pommel horse. But mm. a circle is very weird. It takes a lot like um you said you've been coaching little kids at uh that want to start out gymnastics I have been doing that as well Mm -hmm. at my gym and I forgot how difficult it is just to learn the fundamentals of that circle because even when they get on the little mushroom which is what we call what we teach circles on for the younger children Mm -hmm. it they don't get it. They just start turning all kinds of ways, and it really does not make sense. Um, yeah. You, it's just, whenever it comes down to it, everything on Palmer Horse is your circle. You, they can be turning all over it. They can be walking across it, walking backwards. Everything all is on still your hands, that one. Right. Yes. Okay. Everything is still that one circle, and it's just. If you, they say, whenever you're younger, if you can do two circles, you can do ten. It's just how well can you do them? Because, like I just said about my friend, he has one of the greatest circles I've ever seen. So anything on horse naturally comes very easy to him because he just understands his circle. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand. I don't know how to describe a circle to you. I just, I can tell you everything it does, and it is literally everything in gymnastics or everything in pommel horse. So what makes a great circle? Um, first things first, extension. If you see someone doing a circle in a pike, completely piked up, bent legs, they're, they're not going to get a good score because they can deduct on every single circle. They're not going to get a good score even if they make the routine. But the what else they're not going to be able to do is really just higher-level skills. Because, like I said, with going back to that circle being everything in gymnastics on the pommel horse, it you can't do a lot of things like traveling across the horse or um, spinning in circles a lot. You just can't do it when your circle... If your circle is not good enough to do it, then you just can't. Yeah. And so... So the circle is kind of like the basic skill, and then you build on that. Yes, everything builds from a single circle. And Mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, it's still that circle. It's just in different parts of the horse or different things like that. So I would say the primary thing that makes a good circle, if you are watching somebody on Palmer Horse, the primary thing that will make you say, wow, they're circling really well, is just extension. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that usually involves multiple things too. It's pushing down is big. Um, through each of your shoulders, every single circle. But you will just, you know, you'll see a kid doing pommel horse, and even if he makes the entire routine in a complete piked position, hardly getting around, 
it's not going to do near as good as the guy who actually probably does a simpler routine, but he hops up and he has the most beautiful extended circle. He is going to perform way better, and he's the one that will go places on horse mm-hmm. just because of his circle. Okay, so next I'm going to talk about the balance beam, which is terrifying to me and I'm sure to most gymnasts. Um, it is four feet off the ground, and it is four inches wide and 16 feet long. So, I mean, just think about that, four inches wide. I'm, our hands are about that wide. It's it's crazy. So it's a, it's a long piece of wood with, a, like, a layering of almost foam but not quite it's it might have a little bit of layering of something soft on top but it still hurts when you fall on it so um whenever you're starting out gymnastics you have to learn to just do the basics like walk and run on it um and jump which is very scary whenever you're up in the air and you have to jump on something um so as you progress levels, the routines get harder. You start in level three, and you do maybe a cartwheel or a handstand, and then um, it goes up to, like, a back walkover or um, a front walkover and then a back handspring. So, um, so in gymnastics, I don't know how it is for boys, but first, so level, like, one through six, it's called compulsory. So those levels, there is a set, like a set routine that every single girl has to do the exact same. So every single girl that goes on the floor has the exact same floor music. Um, they do the exact same moves and skills. There's a set skill level for each level, one through six. Once you get into six, you turn into an optional gymnast, which that means you get to choose um, your floor music and choose the the moves you're doing in your floor routine or your beam routine um and and you also have more freedom on of the skills you choose there is still a a skill set but you can change up the skills in your routine um so beam I think is probably the hardest for most girls just because you have to stay on the balance beam your whole routine um, and you're you're flipping backwards, you're flipping forwards, you're you're turning, you're spinning, you're jumping, you're doing everything, um, and that has always been very difficult because if you stand with your feet just together side by side, your feet are wider than the beam. You have to stand 100% of the time. You have to stand with one foot in front of the other just so you can fit on the beam, um, and it, that is very difficult to have to do a backflip which you don't touch your hands on, or um, you flip forward. So pretty much you're just, whenever you're doing something backwards, you're just throwing your entire body backwards, hoping that your hands land on the beam. Um, And something else that is very scary on beam is called a leap. So a leap, you, you have one foot out in front of the other, and you put all your weight on that foot, and then split your legs open super wide kind of like you're doing a split in the air Um, and you have to land on one foot on the beam so anything that you land on one foot is terrifying on the beam but um, after you do your minute third a minute and 30 long second routine you 
you have to dismount, which you have to do something off the end of the balance beam. So usually you'll run and put your hands down on the beam and and turn and put your feet down. It's it's pretty complicated. And then you do a, a backflip off the end of the beam, going off the end of the beam onto the floor. And you have to plant your feet and not move them. So anytime you dismount, I'm this is mostly on every event in women's gymnastics. I don't know how it is for men's, but you stick and if you move your foot one foot back half an inch that's a deduction if you move both of your feet back that's a deduction if you take a a, st- a small step it might be a tenth if you take a bigger step it might be three tenths and the bigger your steps are the bigger your deduction is um I think one of the basics basic rule in gymnastics is stick that is what you want to focus on from a small level even if you're doing simple skills you want to do that simple skill and stick um, because if you don't stick I think you get a you can get a huge deduction which will take away from your score I don't know if that's how it is in men's gymnastics um yes we it's the same from a perspective of even simple skills they have to it's a stick everything and then it goes from doing a jump on little vault mats up to when you see a an olympic level athlete doing you know three flips with some kind of twist off high bar and the announcers the commentators will say oh they got to stick it it's still the same thing as planting your feet and you cannot move them If you do move them, the slightest movement will get you like a tenth off, a tenth of a point off. The a tenth actually is not that common to get off in men's gymnastics, especially more recently. They've really gotten less lenient on it, so they will most of the time take three tenths off for moving your foot back or a small hop backwards. A fall, if you... A fall in a dismount is the worst, by the way, because you've made it through your entire routine. Yes. And you fall in a dismount. I've had that happen many times, and that's the worst. So, Or you if you're doing a simple skill, yeah. a skill that you do all the time, and then and you mess that up and you nail your big skills, that's terrible, too. Yeah. I, uh, I have had this – I have this specific memory I remember. I was – maybe 13 and I was it was our regional competition I'll get into the competitions later but so regionals for us is pretty much the biggest competition of the year and this was the biggest skill I was gonna do and I was terrified to do it and I made it um it was my first pass on floor did it I was so happy because I couldn't make one in warm-up, and that was the most warm-up turns I've ever taken at a competition in my life. I did, like, ten warm-ups. Couldn't do it to save my life. Did it, stuck it, and I was so proud of myself. And then I remembered, oh, I have to do the rest of the routine now. So I did one more pass. was pretty good still. And the rest of this routine was pretty easy for me because, you know, that got a lot of my difficulty. And just the reason I was working on new things to add is just because the routine had gotten really simple for me. And so I was just going through the motions of it. And when I put my hand down for a front handspring, I broke a finger and jammed two other ones. 
And so then I found myself, you know, I didn't finish the skill. I had put my hands down before a front handspring. So my feet kind of went out from under me because I totally forgot what I was doing, and I ended up falling on the easiest thing in my routine. And that that sucks because you were so worried about that first skill, and then you just fall off on an easier one. Yeah, that's that's happened to me many times. I remember one on the balance beam. Um, and these competitions that we go to, some of them can be local, but also a good portion of them you're going out of state, um, which when you go out of state, scoring your is I know for a fact in gymnastics and women's gymnastics is um, much harder to get a high skill because you're competing against gymnasts from all over the nation I was in Dallas um, on the balance beam and I had just learned a new skill and it's called a series in on the balance beam so you do a series of skills so it might be a backhand spring backhand spring in a row or any two skills in a row and I had just learned how to do a round off backhand spring on the beam which is absolutely terrifying that's a skill that is definitely meant for the floor um so you have 40 feet to do the round off backhand spring on the beam you have a four inch wide um thing to do it on so I hadn't made any in warm-up which warm-up um what Aaron was talking about you so whenever you get to the gymnastics meet you you usually do a run around the floor and you stretch and then you go to your first event um and you you practice your skills so you have like a a somebody who's timing you so you probably have like two minutes to get up warm up your skills get comfortable on the beam and then you compete. So I hadn't made any of my round off backhand spring series in my in the warm up. Um but I had made it in my routine and I had the biggest smile on my face and I was doing the simplest skill, the most simple skill in my routine. It was a leap, which you do from level 3 all the way up to level 9, which that was the level I was competing at the time. Um, so I started to do my leap, which I have never fallen on, and I did my leap, and I split the beam. So both my legs went on opposite sides of the beam, um, so I split the beam and then fell down, and I actually kind of, like, bear-hugged the beam, so I was, I hadn't touched the floor yet, and I was trying to kind of muscle my way up back up onto the beam without touching the floor, um, just because I thought I was going to get a, a bigger deduction. But eventually I got back up on the beam. And it, it, was, it wasn't it was really sadness. I wasn't sad. But it's all it's like you're so frustrated, frustrated with yourself. You're like, dang it. I did the best, hardest skill I could ever do. And I messed up on a, ti- a tiny, simple skill. That is probably one of the most frustrating things in gymnastics. Especially with us um training like 360 days a year pretty much um the only days that we don't really go are Sundays and Christmas day um and holidays but and usually it's for four hours or more a day five or six days a week and then you have a competition that lasts like two hours or three hours it's, it's frustrating whenever you don't do your best because you've practiced all year for that. It's 
and nobody else sees how great you've done in practice. It doesn't matter if you're an Olympic gymnast in practice. It all comes down to the competitions. Yeah, and to further elaborate on that, it is really hard if you show up. for like So for the men, we have those six events like I talked about. If you show up and your very first event, you completely mess everything up, do the worst routine you've ever competed, and then you go to the next one and it's still a really bad routine, you fall. It is really hard mentally to keep going and go for it through the rest of the four events because there's something in the back of your mind that's like, why does it even matter anymore? You know, I've already had the worst meet of the year. What's the point in trying to make it better? So that's another thing people, I don't think it's touched on enough in gymnastics. It gets overlooked for, you know, oh, they're doing flips. Oh, that's really cool. Is the mental side of gymnastics Mm -hmm. is really tough. It really wears you down being in there. You know, like she said, we're here. We're in the gym four hours a day, six days a week. It's a lot. And then to go out and not have your best competition, after all that training, it's really difficult. Or so for the men, especially at our gym, like I said, the regionals is the biggest meet of the year. And the reason for this is so that you can qualify to nationals. And you would kind of think, does it? why wouldn't nationals be the biggest meet of the year? Well, at the gym, at our gym specifically, we are focused on getting to nationals. We're not focused on how we do there because that's when you know all your hard work is paid off is when you make it to the meet with the all the best gymnasts in the entire nation. And then then you can worry about competing against them. But the most important thing for us is getting there. Yeah, I think it's an honor with men's and women's gymnastics to just make it to nationals. Like, yeah. That is a crazy accomplishment. For sure. I have, I'm not going to lie, I'll go to like friends' houses and I'll see their entire walls decked out with medals and stuff. I'm not the most organized. I don't have every medal I've ever gotten, you know, organized. But I have a medal from nationals. Um a high bar medal from nationals and I know exactly where that thing is because that's a huge accomplishment to get up on the podium against you know all the best gymnasts in the entire nation things like that those are big accomplishments and to touch on the mental game of gymnastics the reason I started talking about that is so this last year April of 2019 Regionals, if you don't make nationals, is the last competition of your season until December comes again. I This was my first year level 10. I have had two years of level 8, two years of level 9. In men's gymnastics, you don't start at level 1 like for the girls. You start at level 4. You have 4, 5, 6, and 7 are all compulsories. And then 8 is when you start to do optionals. So 8 is when you they start nationals and you can qualify to nationals. I made it both both years as an eight, even the first year where we thought we had no legitimate shot. I made it, and that was to Daytona Beach, Florida, the best trip I've ever had in my life because we had a hotel right on the beach for a week straight. And then the competition was just you could walk to the building with the competition. It was a super good atmosphere. But anyway, we had, I made it that year, I made it 2016, 2017, 2018. We actually hosted 
the men's nationals in 2018 up at the Cox Center in Oklahoma City, and that was really cool. Um, you usually get to go to like a really cool place, like I said, Daytona Beach. Um, so everyone was a little let down to hear it was going to be in Oklahoma City, you know, the most interesting place in the world, especially in May. But being able to wake up in your own bed and go compete at nationals was actually really cool. Anyway, so this year I went, I had every single meet of the entire competition season. Not everyone had been my best, but it was enough to easily qualify to nationals. Our age group, they were a lot, the allotment for how many people would get to go to nationals was the highest it's ever been. By all accounts, we should have made it. And I fell four times. Oh. It was falls I've never had. The release I do on high bar, I've almost never missed that since the day I learned it. Never missed it in a routine, never missed a competition. Put my hands on the bar, next thing I knew I was flat on the ground. I just didn't hold on. So I had to get back up and, you know, finish the routine. I had to repeat that skill, things like that. Went to Pommel Horse. I don't really need to talk about Pommel Horse. We've already been there. Uh, fell twice there, and then fell on our last event. So four falls, and I missed it by three-tenths after that many falls. So that puts in perspective how easy it should have been to get there. And mentally, I mean... To be blunt, that sucks. Not knowing that by all accounts you should have made it, that really is not good. But you've got to get yourself back into the mental state of, all right, I've got all summer. I'm going to train as hard as I can, and it's not even going to be a question if I can make it next year. And things like that, that gymnastics is incredibly mentally challenging just because of a lot of things like that. And it's not even just down to like falls and competitions or whatever or competitions it is you have to sit back sometimes and realize how much you're in the gym the sacrifices you make you know to be in the gym every single day in the summer I am in the gym by 8 30 and you know that's tough to be in there that much but you really love the sport so yeah I keep doing it yeah I think you have to to be a gymnast, I think you have to have a certain um, drive and determination because most kids aren't going to want to get up at 7 o'clock during the summer um, and go to the gym and work out. And during summer, it's not competition season, so the workouts are about 10 times harder. You condition yourself harder. You feel like your arms and legs are going to fall off. Um, and then on top of that, you're learning to do new stuff, so you're falling and falling all the time because that's how you learn I don't watch a ton of women's gymnastics Mm -hmm. but when I have I'll see someone I mean everyone knows the name Simone Biles when they hear it yes so I'll see that and she does some absolutely insane skills yeah and then I see some other girls you know they're not the exact same things but there's some huge elite skills right yeah and like Simone took like some partnership deals she has no plans on going to be a college gymnast she's headed for another gold medal and many gold medals in Tokyo next year but Mm -hmm. I see other gymnasts at that elite level um contesting up there for podium and then they'll decide you know what I'm gonna hang it up like um we're here in Oklahoma, so oh, you Maggie Nichols. She yeah. she did insane elite gymnastics, and then now she's at college, 
and everything seems so watered down. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. First of all, Maggie Nichols is amazing. Like, she is just killing the collegiate gymnastics world. But, yeah, I think elite and college gymnastics are so extremely different. Like, first of all, the the scoring in elite, I don't even understand. I mean, there's some girls that start with a start value of 16 and some that start with a value of 13, which I couldn't explain that to you. But college gymnastics girls are just throwing huge skills left and right. I mean, elite gymnastics girls are throwing huge skills left and right. But college, um, whenever you're coming from elite down to college, it's so different. I mean, I think your hours go from probably training six to eight hours a day to four I think I think the maximum time you could practice in college gymnastics for women's is four hours a day but um yeah Maggie Nichols went from being almost I mean an Olympic qualifier she missed it by a thread which was she was actually a shoe in to go to the Olympics but she actually was injured I think she had knee surgery maybe and that kind of took her out of the running but once you get into college gymnastics, you're doing pretty much the basics of your elite gymnastics routine. So um, on elite gymnastics, you might have eight skills or more in your bar routine. and college gymnastics, you probably only have four or five. So, And you probably will take the difficulty out of it. I mean, it's definitely still difficult. That's what most girls and gymnastics work towards is college gymnastics and it's a huge accomplishment to get a scholarship to anywhere but um but for people like Maggie Nichols going from college I mean going from elite to college is I is a pretty big transition I think there's a lot of things to get used to I mean probably having more of a life because when you're in elite gymnastics you're there constantly um you probably don't have much friends outside of the gym. You probably see your coaches more than your family, which um, I think we're probably both used to, um, even though, though we're not elite gymna- gymnasts. But, um, yeah, I think it's a big transition for the good, but also um, it's a lot to get used to. So, yes, everything in college is definitely watered down from elite. Maybe not from going from level 10 to college. You've probably been doing those routines for a while. Um, and you might try to learn some new skills maybe in college. But once you once you get to college gymnastics, it's pretty much like you do the skills that you've had. It's no more. It's not much like you're practicing to um, get higher difficulty. I think it's more you practice to make your routines perfect. Um, and I think maybe judging in college, even though it's the same as like level 10 and under, it's, it's definitely different. A girl can take a, a three-tenth step on one of her um, floor tumbling passes, but get a 9-9. So I think um, college isn't as like nitpicky. I think sticks are huge in college. If you don't stick, then you're not going to get first, I think. The more sticks your team has as a whole, that's what that's what the winners do. Um, that's how you win. I think OU gymnastics, women's, I'm not sure about men's, ha- have really excelled in that department because they know how to stick. And they, they can 
So I'm not sure if this is the same for men's, but on bars, so they'll pick the coaches will pick six girls to put up routines, but five of the scores count. So they'll choose the five best scores um, out of the six girls, and I think that gives kind of like almost like a comfort blanket to the to the girls going to all of the girls putting up routines. So it's like, okay, we can have one girl fall or make a mistake, um, but the rest of them have to hit their routines. And I think it's – I think the most pressure goes on the, the first girl um, that competes. So there's, there's an anchor and then there's the first girl. The first girl that puts up a routine is kind of setting the tone for the rest of the team, which is very important. So I think most college um, coaches – put somebody that they know is going to be consistent and hit their routine every single time. Um, and then the anchor is kind of known as the best girl, like on the team, the bit, the one who has the biggest routine, who is the closest to the perfect, which um, gymnastics scoring and coaching is almost, it's kind of messed up. I think um, like if I went to a, a gymnastics meet, I'm no longer doing gymnastics, but I think if I went to a gymnastics competition and I was with one gym, if I had that gym's name on my back, I would score better, even if I did a better routine than the girl, than, even if I did a worse routine than somebody else. So I think in gymnastics, um, not only your actual gymnastics goes into your scoring, I think it's maybe a little bit of what what name you're wearing. I don't know if that's how it is for men's, but... For sure. Um, we went to a specific competition last year, and it was so big that they had to split each session into two different gyms. So, like, our session was... Let's, let's just say, for example, our, our we were in gym two to compete, and the other there were a bunch of other teams in gym one. Mm-hmm. And the home team was in gym one, and we were in gym two. And, like, I knew then that our scoring was going to be very, like, difficult. We were going to get the more difficult judges. And, yeah, I, I was right. It There was a lot of different – the scoring was very different. I saw some rings routines, for example, since the rings were right next to each other in the different gyms, that were not – very good I mean and then I did like the best rings routine I competed during the season and I got like my lowest score Mm -hmm. the judges all day I had a really good meet and ended with like a low all-around score Mm -hmm. just because of how tough the judging was there and then the kids that were also from Oklahoma from different gyms that I knew had like lower start values than me or a certain event specifically their start value was a little lower they um, they were coming over with their score a point higher than mine. And so yeah. I knew that was a little tough. And it's usually not that exaggerated, but there definitely is a bit of a – it's kind of a home court advantage, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, so another question about uh, the women's gymnastics in college. I'm just curious about this because it's, it's never made complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I've seen plenty of videos. It seems most of the OU girls do like a one and a half on vault. Like yeah. do your team go one and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen videos at other places where, well, these girls can stick this one and a half and get a perfect 10. 
Mm-hmm. And then I've seen other videos where the girls will do a double full yeah. at a different college. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Honestly, there's not really much of a point, I think, personally. Um, so in college gymnastics, you can do either a full or a one and a half, which I think that might be a little difficult to explain to people who don't know gymnastics. But So the typical vault in college is it's called a Yurchenko full. You run down the vault runway. Um, you put your hands on a hand mat. Um, you turn your body, so you're running forward, and then you eventually you turn your body and you start going backwards. You fly back onto the vault table and push off your hands, um, and then you do a full twist. So a full twist all the way around, and then you land. So this, while you're twisting, you're flipping and everything. So um, a lot of a lot of gymnasts just do a full in college gymnastics, which is actually only worth a nine. now so if you get a 9.95 that is a perfect score for what you did but you can't get a maximum um star value of 10 which I think that kind of goes what we were saying that kind of goes with what we were saying earlier um but yeah if you want to get a 10 you do a Yurchenko one and a half which that's like what Maggie Nichols does and what most of the OU gymnast does um but there's a few girls that have come down from elite that do double fulls, like you said. But um, honestly, I I don't really understand it. I think maybe just because they want to show off their double full or maybe they're confident in themselves enough to do the double full um, and land well. But also, it's it's definitely much harder. But also, a landing where you're coming down and you're, lo- you're spotting the ground, you can see it, that's easier to stick. If you're coming down a blind landing, um, which, like, you're going forward, which would be, like, a one and a half, it's it's definitely more difficult, I think, to stick. Um, you have to have, like, the perfect landing so you don't lock your knees out backwards, which is very painful. Um, but So I think whenever you're spotting the ground, the double full is... is probably more comfortable so if you're able to do it you can go ahead and do it but honestly I think the double full is probably harder as a whole so um I can't quite answer your question it's it's goes kind of over my head I'm not quite sure why why girls do it maybe just because they can and they're comfortable but it's it's pretty strange but I do have a question for you so um, like you said earlier, like you asked me, college gymnastics definitely kind of waters down from elite in women's gymnastics. Is that how it is in men's, or do they go from, like, full elite routines to full elite routines in college? Um, it's the complete opposite, mm-hmm. actually, in men's gymnastics, because, like, there's not a completely, there's not really an elite level mm-hmm. in men's gymnastics. It's kind of level 10, and then you go to college if you're good enough. Yeah. And so... College for men is actually where, you know, you do your hardest routines. That's most people's hardest routines they'll ever compete Mm -hmm. is for their college because there is a lot. I guarantee you if you watch for Tokyo next year and if you watch, like, world championships that just happened, there is a lot. Almost all of the gymnasts on the men's side will be from colleges. Okay. Yeah, I've seen a few OU ones yeah right so then being from colleges 
that's how they get their spot into like those championships is just grinding out their best routines in college. So mm-hmm. it's actually like the complete opposite of women's because there's no watering down. It is like you either put it all out there or you're not going to compete that event, you know? Mm-hmm. Not all the time they'll compete. I this is I think this is the same for women, but they don't always compete all around either. Um, mm-hmm. There's yep. different event specialists, and there I actually think there can be event specialists in like um, junior gymnastics. It's not the most common thing, yeah. but in college, there's a lot of people. Like for instance, how I said I have never really understood pommel horse. I've never mm-hmm. been good at it. Same with all. If I did get good enough on other events to go to college, I could guarantee you I'll never ever um, swing pommel horse under, you know, the guys of that college. I'm just, there's going to be people there that are significantly better at it than me. I don't understand it. So I would probably never swing on a pommel horse again if I, you know, went to a college or never run down the vault runway again, you know, and then do a vault. It just probably would not be a thing that happened. Yeah, um, and I think some college gymnasts, they don't even have the choice to be special, I mean, to be all-arounders. Um, I think some of them are just specialists. They only train one or two events or three or whatever, um, but I think the coaches kind of choose also, like the coaches choose, at least for women's, um, choose the lineups for each meet. So the they will say, okay, these six girls are going on beam. These six girls are going on floor and so on. But they they might not be the same six girls. There might be a few of the same. So there could be one girl that competes all four events, which makes her an all-arounder. Um, there could be a girl that competes one event. That makes her, like, a specialist of whatever event she's doing. So if, she, if she's doing beam, she'd be a beam specialist. We're about out of time for this episode, but there's more to come. On our next episode, The Power and Pain of Gymnastics, how this sport affects the body and how gymnasts practice through the pain. Thanks for joining us for Chalk Talk on the Epic News Network.